Mm, yo, <laughs> what's good? <laughs> All right, so this is going to be our podcast. I guess uh, this is the first episode. And we're just literally going to talk about, we're going to give like a literally a recap of 2020 from our perspective, right? Like it was a pretty wild year. A lot of it shit happened. Was. Um, and then we're going to kind of translate that into what our expectations are coming into 2021. Because we both have goals. We both have priorities going into this year. It's going to be interesting to see what we picked up on in 2020 to see what we can improve upon going into 2021. Um, so, yeah, I guess, like, what what do you think was, like, that big lesson you learned in 2020 that, like, shook you up? Honestly, dude, like, there were so many. Uh, I can't really, yeah, pinpoint one. I think the best new lesson that I learned mm-hmm. was definitely the power of our minds, the power to think originally. Because I think this is a power that no one really teaches you that you have. Um, And ever since we started having these conversations, I think that original thought that stems from yourself has been something that I really started valuing a lot more because Mm -hmm. it's just, you take all these resources, but at the end of the day, you still have your own say in everything, you know, your own say in the world. I think that was probably one of the most amazing lessons that I learned in 2020. It's been a great year. Once again. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's interesting because, and it's funny because we're going to talk about quotes later, but I already have a quote that relates to that because it was one of my <laughs> key lessons of the year. Nice. It's, it's funny how once a lot of people believe something, it becomes conventional. It becomes something that's really easy to follow, but it's not necessarily true. Mm-hmm. And having that original thought and being able to think for yourself allows you to not get seduced by kind of these other things that aren't necessarily true. They're just common. Right. Mm-hmm. And so a quote from Seneca, I'll go into it is one of the causes of, tr- of the troubles that beset us is the way our lives are guided by the example of others. Instead of seeing, instead of being set to right by reason, we're seduced by convention. These are the things that we shouldn't wish to imitate if they were done by only a few, but when a lot of people have started doing them, we follow along as though a practice becomes more respectable by becoming more common. Once they have become general, mistaken ways acquire in our minds the status of correct ones. Right? So it's literally what you're saying. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's literally what you're saying. Like, it's crazy how just because other people like do stuff and think stuff, you kind of get trapped almost in that and having that originality and having these conversations that we've had over the course of this year, it's just really made me realize like, damn, like I used to take a lot of things as they were. I never used used to put my own interpretation on it, my own filter on it. But in the end, that's what we're trying to get at. We're trying to get at our own perspective on a lot of these situations. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and it's funny how, how you can over time start building up your own perspective instead of just following the crowd uh, by, you know, really considering these things, really trying to interpret them. Um, yeah, hundred percent. No, it, it was definitely interesting. I, um, I definitely agree with you. Like the power of mind thing, it's, it's something you realize because we were forced to confront our thoughts. Like as soon as we got stuck at home, we had no idea what was to come. Mm-hmm. You're there and you're like, yo, like I got to think about stuff. You know what I mean? You, you, you're not moving around. You're stuck and you start thinking. And it's one of the reasons why, right. And I've, I've told you this, but I started that journal where I just documented some of the lessons I was learning from my day. Mm -hmm. And the very first entry I put was like the adaptability 
of being at home may prove to be more of a challenge than we anticipated. And it was mm. like realistically, right? Like everyone had down periods during the course of this year where they were like, yo, why is nothing this year like any other of my life? You know what I mean? Like this yeah. is, this yeah. is weird. This sucks. Yeah. Um, but to a point you kind of start to get adapt. You start you started to adapt to it and you had to be able to just shift your habits in order to overcome these new hardships that we were facing from just being inside all the, all the time. And, and the thing that's crazy about it too, is like, this differs from human nature, right? Like mm-hmm. we were, we're forced into isolation people. despite being in all of history, a community, like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. ever since 70,000 years ago, hunter gatherers, they hunted in communities. They built these groups around each other where you could actually, you know what I mean? Like grow and you wouldn't just isolate yourself, right? The idea yeah. of social distancing is so against the very human nature that built us over evolution that it's really, it's really an insane thing to actually yeah. consider. Like imagine a year ago, someone tells you, hey, by the way, six <laughs> months of no seeing your friends because you might kill your parents. What? What? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Dude, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, no, literally. And literally. yeah, it's just, <laughs> I guess it's just no surprise that like so many people are having so much trouble with it. Yeah. I mean, we were definitely part of those people at some point in this whole like pandemic. And uh, it's amazing to see like, like the different paths that people take with this. Um, and for us, it was just more of, instead of looking outwardly, we started looking more inwardly mm-hmm. and started exactly, seeing yeah what we could do to adapt to this, what we could change in our lives, how we could make the most of this time. And I think if you really apply that mindset to any situation that you're in, then a lot of things are revealed to you Mm -hmm. and the situation actually ends up benefiting you in many ways. And yeah, I think that is definitely- How how did it benefit you? Huh? How did it benefit you? What What were the ways it benefited? Well, honestly, learning all of this, man, like having this mindset and applying it. So, and when I say this mindset, I mean the mindset of trying to find the good in any situation that you're in. And I think here, like in the pandemic, um, I really try to use this time to figure out certain lessons in my life. Um, Those certain lessons for me, I think really had to do more with the religious aspect which mm-hmm. is very important to me but also just fixing little things in my life and realizing what is truly important and what i mean what i mean by this is uh to fix essentially the little things in your life before rushing to tackle the big ones and right. that for me was one of the biggest lessons and right. honestly if it wasn't for the pandemic i'm not sure if i would have learned it as much as i would have as much as i did within these past 6 months mm-hmm. and since then my goal has been just to fix the little things first and have those bigger goals, of course, but to really know that I can't make myself achieve those bigger goals without first looking at the little things and cleaning those things up first. Right. It's the, it's, it's gradual, right. And, and it's, it's always goes back to kind of that famous quote of Rome wasn't built in a day, right. And yeah. neither will your greatest accomplishments. Like you have to work on it day in, day out, but you have to have that long-term outlook knowing that whatever you contribute in that day is part of a bigger goal. Um, so you're focusing on those little things, but eventually those little things will add up 
and become like Rome was one of those great achievements um, that, that that are so interesting. No, it's it's yeah, for sure. Something I I also you know I mean I I, I want to bring up is like just the whole idea of online interactions, like the fact yeah. that we're doing this right now instead of just being like in one in your basement or you at my place is ridiculous, right? Like, yeah, yeah. And something that I found super interesting, right? And I looked it up was like, yo, body language is nine is seventy to ninety three percent of communication, and you can't convey or interpret that like online, right? It's much more difficult. There's some that you can like tone, you can still convey, da 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 da. But mm-hmm. we're not kind of like with each other, and sometimes things get lost in translation. And that's one thing that I've learned for sure is one of those little things I need to work on. How can I get my message across Mm -hmm. without relying on this body language? Like right now I'm making hand signals that isn't even like, you can't even see them, right? Like that's just how I've always talked and I've always conveyed my message like that. But right. Right. It's, it's, it's interesting how just those little things eventually though, right? Like that, that little mm-hmm. thing will improve my communication, which is such a big accomplishment, right? That you yeah. uh, want to develop. So it's, yeah, uh, no, it's definitely interesting. So you're learning like new skills from this, but right. without even like really going out of your way to want to learn these skills. Exactly. Like, you have to naturally. You yeah. have to adapt. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And especially in your case, right? Cause you're at Ivy, like that social component is extremely, yeah, extremely important, right? It's I'm right, like I'm I'm saying stuff in class and I'm I like I'm literally forced to put my hand up through a Zoom call and <laughs> you know what I mean contribute in a online video webinar. And it's just like, yo, like what is this? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this is not what I thought it was gonna be. But at the yeah. same time, if I don't adapt, then I'm not gonna be able to get my message across anywhere near as, as good. And that's yeah. definitely part of that has been through just like you know, and I, I think one of the ways I have adapted was just like, mm-hmm. I still use body language, but I don't rely on it as much to get my message across. And I've just kind of had to find a wider vocabulary mm-hmm. uh, in order to, to to talk about stuff. And it's, uh, it's interesting because we're talking about like this being a, a challenge, right? And yeah. something that I think was like, just so interesting was like the whole idea of like, oh, other people are struggling worse than you, your challenges don't really mean anything. Mm. And to an extent, that's true, right? Like, to an extent, other people are suffering more than we are. And, mm. and that is something that we have to come to terms with. It's something we, we need to be grateful for. You can't just ignore it. Yeah. But at the same time, we all face challenges, right? And the complaints of us are necessarily not valid because other people have complaints that are more valid right like it's it's we all face these challenges uh and it's kind of like puritan almost to be like yo like you shouldn't be complaining because other people are 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 doing worse than you know like every single person faced challenges my brother for example he's a producer and he can't do his shows now right like he just got into doing shows and they were actually quite successful and yeah now he just has to take a year off from it right when it started to get good. And obviously he's going to be like, yo, like I'm still in good health. Mm -hmm. And so I know I shouldn't be complaining. I told him, I was like, man, like, nah, you, you, you can complain. Like that sucks, right? Like that was your plan and you have to adapt. And that's almost like another thing that we all had to learn was just like, there's going to be these challenges that we all face. And if you just 
sulk, you don't overcome them and you don't notice that overcoming them is how you're actually going to grow. You just ended up irritating yourself even more. And it was like a, it was like a cycle. Right. Yeah. Um, And obviously like we are still taking into consideration, like the more severe challenges such as losing a loved one. Honestly, I can't imagine how hard that must be for people. And um, it's not exactly that simple as like just overcome the challenge because obviously that goes like, there's so many layers to that. But at the same time, like, I think it's time that heals that as well as Mm. like a mentality to, yeah. um, Yeah. Really accept it. I think is the word. Yeah. And yeah, it is a reality that so many people are facing and that on top of like things like job loss, um, just, they, honestly, what like what? There's so many examples out Dude, there. I, I don't know why they're not, they're not just coming I, to me right now. But something that I couldn't imagine is if you're a small business owner and you just mm-hmm. started a business, you just started a restaurant. It was super successful these past three years. You took yes. out a huge loan. You mortgaged your house to get it, mm-hmm. right? Like you put personal assets as collateral, and then now all of a sudden, something that's completely out of con- your control strips away something that you worked for your entire life, and mm-hmm that goes to show first of all how these challenges can first of all you you can't predict them right like you can't just sit there and be comfortable with where you're currently at because the day after tomorrow that could go away tomorrow it could go away right and i'm gonna bring up another quote because i had this was something that um just seneca also talked about whatever can happen at any time can happen today Mm -hmm. like let's be clear about that right like and that's another lesson that this year has kind of taught me like, yo, when I'm going to wake up, anything can happen in the day. Anything terrible could happen in the day. Anything great could happen in the day. Just don't mm-hmm. take anything for granted and just have everything in perspective. Set low expectations for what you can control. Be pessimistic towards and be optimistic towards what you can control. Work on yourself. Like, mm-hmm. like genuinely push yourself because that's the only way you can really look at it. Um, and 100%, dude. And I think uh, you brought up a great point there to be pessimistic about the things that you can't control or optimistic about the things that you can control. But would you like to elaborate on that? Yeah, man, for sure. Like that was obviously something that I kind of started thinking about just because of the fact that I wasn't sure if I was going to get into the program I wanted to get into. And I had to focus on the LSAT at the same time. And I was like, yo, realistically i could sulk about the fact that i'm not going to get into business school but that's just going to ruin my chances of also doing well on the lsat so if i just accept the fact worst case scenario i don't get into school best case best case scenario i do it but if i set low expectations for it and i just said that's not that bad if i don't get in i'll just reapply next year i'll have another year to improve and then i'll get in when i'm even better better prepared for it and having those low expectations allowed me to be more confident in my ability to do better on the LSAT. And that way I was more optimistic towards what I could control, um, which was the day in day out mentality of studying and reading like so much pointless crap. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it was brutal, right? Like I'm learning about freaking causal relations and conditional relationships and as i'm reading i have to like like consider that stuff and i'm like yo i'm never gonna read like this ever again yeah but if i just sulk about the fact that i might not get into my program 
then it's just going to make it even worse. I'm just going irrit to irritate myself more. It's just going to be a cycle. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's, that's kind of where it really stemmed from. And mm -hmm. it's, it's interesting because you have to be confident in yourself. That's one thing I learned this year. Mm -hmm. Like if you genuinely don't think that you're like, there's this common thing that they talk about even in Ivy when you get in is like imposter syndrome where people feel like they don't belong. Like they're not here for, like they slipped through the application process. Right, right. And it was not my mentality at all. I didn't have imposter syndrome at all because I had noticed how important it was to be confident in yourself. And mm -hmm. I'm separating that from cockiness which is yeah. being confident in yourself to the degree that you need to show it off to other people. No, no, I'm, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about being confident in yourself so that when you're nervous, you tell yourself, hey, I've overcome challenges in the past. I'm going to do it with this one too. I'm going to yeah. come out better than this. I know that I have the ability to push myself through this because that's how I'm going to grow. These challenges are only going to lead to growth. Mm -hmm. And just by having that mentality, you're able to, not only more have more confidence in yourself, but for example, for presentations, I remember you mentioned once, you translate that nervousness into energy. Mm -hmm. Having energy is just being more confident in yourself, right? Like, you and you can see it by some of those great presenters. Like, I'm thinking of like that Gary Vanderchuk guy. I don't know if that's his actual name, but <laughs> that guy has so much confidence on stage. You really believe what he's saying. Imagine if he said it to you in a nervous manner. You'd be like, yo, this guy is like, not even behind what he's saying. Yeah. But it's, I don't know. It's just something that I, I think is so important. Um, and, yeah, yeah. And, and to be optimistic about what you can control mm -hmm. is just going to be the best way going forward to push through the hardships that we're all going to have to face mm -hmm. as we actually approach, you know, the real world, which is jobs, family, raising a family. Exactly. That's going to be crazy. That's yeah. going to be insane. Um, so and yeah, yeah like that mentality of yeah, just being optimistic about what you can control. You're really going to be pushing yourself for anything that you can just change for your family, for your job, and you won't yeah. be spending or better yet, wasting time thinking about mm -hmm. the things that just occurred, the things that you couldn't control that happened. Right. But you'll find ways to just flow around it. Essentially, right. I like the. Right. Yeah, I like thinking of just um, when you think of like the way water flows, like a river. Mm -hmm. Water's always flowing in a constant direction. Mm -hmm. And if there's an obstacle, it always finds a way around. And I right. think we should honestly take that lesson from nature. Um, when an obstacle presents itself, we shouldn't just stop and say, this is, this is over. Like, we can't do anything. This sucks. We shouldn't just stop and complain about it. Mm. But we should really just find the way around it because there will always be a way around it it's a good metaphor yeah and mm. and it ties into the uh the one i mentioned to you before about the mountain right like mm. and the whole idea that there's like imagine you're climbing up a mountain you're not leaning backwards as you're climbing up a mountain you're leaning forwards as you go up as you go through the rugged upward trend you're leaning forward you're pushing yourself towards that challenge yeah. and then as you come down and you're attracted by pleasures and temptation and stuff like that, you rein yourself back, you lean back from it. Because as soon as you let yourself get carried away by those pleasures, it becomes a lot harder to overcome the challenges because mm -hmm. you just get into that, almost that like life, 
that that's that sense of like you're just not really like developing almost like you know what i mean you're you're stuck yeah uh, because it's just so easy to be watching netflix all day it's so easy to do that yeah but at the same time doing that is not only unproductive you get in the habit of doing that which makes it more difficult to get in the habit of being productive um and it's kind of that double aspect and that double uh, influence that makes it so important to rein yourself back from pleasures and not only over just go forward against challenges it needs to be yeah. both ways yeah for sure i'm always like we do always have to acknowledge that we are imperfect yeah. like beings like oh, we yeah. will mess up we will fall into yeah. pleasures at some point but the problems usually occur like the major problems usually occur when there's excess amount of pleasure in your life when right. you really let yourself become consumed by it essentially mm-hmm. and you see that with so many people like drug overdoses um just people in general who become addicts to anything really right and anything can really become addicting if you have enough of it if you really push yourself to have an excess amount mm-hmm. and that's why the balance is always key the moderation is always key but i think we all experience like these type of pleasures um to some extent we all have some desires that really like we let ourselves become consumed by them at times and i do actually want to bring up a quote really quick really quickly and actually it's actually from the bible um so essentially jesus was telling his disciples on uh the night before he was crucified this is what he told uh one of his disciples he said keep awake and pray that you may not come into the time of trial which is essentially temptation the spirit is indeed willing but the flesh is weak and that honestly this year has been one of the most important quotes for me just because it was so true in so many things that i did my spirit essentially the what i want what i wanted to do like this really like um passionate self of mine that wanted to do big things i wanted to keep a consistent schedule was oftentimes being overpowered by desires by desires of my body and it's so hard sometimes to suppress these desires but i think you have to train your spirit or your soul whatever it is that really controls your body which or you could just say your mind mm. you have to train it to essentially overcome your body to overcome your yeah. flesh and that's one of the things that i'm really trying to work on especially in 2021 which is now one of my goals but it really just shows even jesus was saying this like around 2000 years ago that your body is weak man and you just yeah. you really got to work on yourself you really got to work on your mental strength if you really want to achieve anything successfully yeah no yeah i think and uh, i i had easily the most brutal semester of school earlier <laughs> this year and the desire to procrastinate was so high because i was working like so so much but i couldn't right like if i did it could sacrifice my goal which was to get into the school and that that knowing essentially that not only at the end of the day do you feel like shit you feel like crap when you procrastinate <laughs> all day and you know you could have done been productive and you're at the end of the day you're like damn i should have just worked mm-hmm. i remind myself of that every single time i procrastinate in the moment because if not 
I easily fall into that desire easily. And it goes back to that double kind of influence of when you fall into that procrastination, you're getting into the habit, your body's like, oh, he's, he's okay with it. I can do this more often. Hmm. Nah, right? You have to just like push yourself and be like, yo, no procrastination right now. I got to get to work. Hmm. And if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have been able to like, I overloaded a course and I had six courses that all had finals. And I was like, yo, this is brutal, right? Like I'm working all day and I just want to procrastinate so bad, but I'm going to feel like shit at the end of the day and I'm going to get in the habit of doing it. And that's why I'm not going to do it. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's that it was definitely something that was just like flesh, right? It was, it was my flesh wanting to procrastinate, but it was my spirit being like, yo, you know what you actually want. You actually want to get into this school. You don't actually want to loaf. Yeah. So, yeah. So like, what, 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 like, what are you prioritizing? Are you prioritizing flesh or are you prioritizing development of spirit? Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. And it was, it was definitely something interesting. I, mm -hmm. I think, yeah, I just think that that battle between who you want to be and who you are is always going to be such a difficult battle to, to, to face um, because there's always going to be a difference, right? Like you'll never become the, per you'll never become perfect. Yeah. what like who, who who are we right we're not going to become perfect ever we're always going to want to strive for something more or we should always want to strive towards something more um i think right having a purpose is super important but mm -hmm. can you ever really fully eliminate vices can you ever really fully eliminate no but you can minimize them i still do yeah. procrastinate but i nowhere near the degree to which i did in first year where i completely like shit the bed right yeah that's just that, that's right like that's just how it was and i like that actually the fact that you called it like you just said on um, just to minimize them is enough right and it's true because that's essentially what we should aim for yeah like you said like there's no just eliminating them no. and i think a lot of people just get really um just they just think about that too much think about eliminating their flaws mm -hmm. but when they come up again after who knows how long, then they feel a sense of failure. Mm -hmm. But in reality, they succeeded in minimizing their failures. And just because you fail again in the future doesn't mean that it's actually failure. I think success is actually measured best through progress. And I think we've both realized this over the past couple of months. But progress is such a great indicator because you're just mm -hmm. comparing yourself to yourself we all start at different places. We all have different talents, but at the end of the day, when you compare yourself to yourself, you see how much you've grown and you can continue doing so and continue reaching your own potential because you're not somebody else. You're yourself. And right. Yeah. We're all different at the end of the day, which is why you should right. continue just looking at yourself. But the problems really do start when you start comparing yourself to uh, others too much. Yeah. I think. Yeah. No, you become a puppet to the opinions of others. That's, I think that's a Marcus Aurelius uh, quote. And it, he just, right, he, he sums it all up right there, right? Like, first of all, the opinions of others are always going to change. So do you want the, what, you do want your standard to always be changing? No, you want your standard to just be, you are going to be better today than you were yesterday. You mm -hmm. are going to be better tomorrow than you were today. Um, and if you if you just get stuck on the opinions of others 
it is such a bad cycle and it, it, it never really helps out. And don't get me wrong, right? And I think this is something we've talked about. Mm-hmm. The opinions of others matter, right? Like you don't want to be hated by everyone because to a certain extent, you need friendships, you need connections, you need people to reach out, you need different perspectives. You can't just be hated by everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes the opinions of others are bad of you for reasons that aren't necessarily bad. They're just different. They're, they have different experiences. They're never gonna think uh, of you as a good person because of their own personal experiences. And that's okay. They might just not like you for who you are. That doesn't mean you need to change who you are as long as people do, some people at least I think do accept you for, for who you are, including your family, right? Like mm. I think um, family, and I, I saw a quote today and this isn't one of the ones I want to bring up, but it's just family is anyone who has unconditional love for you, right? And that is just the people around you that know where your values are and they understand that you're going to make mistakes but if they define you by those mistakes then those aren't the people that you're really trying to be with right mm-hmm. like that's that that is what it is and i'm going to i'm going to switch it up a little bit because yeah. i want to bring up this other thing that i think we both talked about a lot and it was being present right yeah. it was being present but being present this year was different mm-hmm. and being present this year was different because time and this is something that I'm taking from the New York Times. It's from the Stone, which is a uh, their philosophy um, piece or something. Uh-huh. Time was just so much longer this year. Like this year felt so long. I don't know. Like to me, it felt so long. It and felt like some, two years for me, honestly. Right. Exactly. It felt like it felt like way more. Like I think of stuff that happened in January, and I'm like, yo, like that. That was like a life ago. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and so someone actually thought. Someone actually talked about this, and it's just it's this guy called. Uh, Henry Bergson, and he was a philosopher in the 19th and 20th century. He called it durée, uh, and he just he described it as kind of like the time it takes for a sugar cube to dissolve in a glass of water. But I think about it kind of like were you ever like at soccer practice? I w- I would always thought was at hockey practice. My mom would be like late to pick me up. Yo, those 50 minutes where she wasn't picking you up felt way longer than the whole game. The whole game yeah. might <laughs> as well have been like way way shorter, and that's just because. Even though, right, we're time, time we define it by minutes and hours and such and such, some time feels longer than others. We've all waited in like a doctor's office and it's just like, yo, like what the heck is taking so long? And it's only been 15 minutes. Yeah. It's just because you're sitting there and you have to watch like freaking CP24 <laughs> and you're just like, this is, this sucks. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And it's just so interesting how this year, the whole year felt like that. Typically, right, you're, you're not in a doctor's office all the time. You're not waiting for your parent to pick you up from practice all the time. But this year, we were just not moving. We were stuck in literally like, 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 and this is, this is what they say, like, mm-hmm. even though each month we would turn the new page of a calendar mm-hmm. and our face was like, yo, the, like, that was only one month. We've yeah. been standing still that whole time. Right, we stood still while the time passed instead of moving and experiencing. Right, like a lot of people go on vacation. I, I, for example, I loved going to class in person because I get to walk around and see my campus or go out on the on the weekends and stuff like that. And that's what made time feel like I, like it was moving consistently almost yeah. to a certain extent. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, yeah, this year there was none of that. Classic saying, it's just, yeah, you, time flies when you're having fun. Like, that's just right, the classic right, thing, yeah. Right? So when you're with your friends, like, obviously you're not checking the time as often. You're just no. there experiencing life and just having a good time. But here, that wasn't possible. Like, this no. whole year, essentially. Yeah. Like, but I'm trying to think, do you think it's just caused by being alone and not having, um, I guess, exciting experiences or just it like just experiences in general outside of your house or whatever it may be. I think, I think it comes from the lack of development, from the lack of new in your life. Like every day feels the same. Right. right. When that happens, when there's nothing maybe like new to look forward to, like there's no new experience type thing. Like mm -hmm. I think that's what maybe makes it stand still. Like you're looking at the same four walls instead of what was typically, Oh, like I'm going to go out or I'm going to go to a friend's house or let's go to Muskoka. You know what I mean? Like let's, let's do something that's not just sit at home. And I think, I think to a, to an extent, it's just something that, comes from not having a difference in your days if that makes yeah. sense yeah no i think that's true and i think what confirms us is that like one of the things that people would always tell me especially at the beginning of mm -hmm. quarantine like the first quarantine um was just that the days were essentially molding together mm -hmm. every day was the same mm -hmm. and for that reason it just felt like it was just one day that passed mm -hmm but like one long day essentially yeah. so it was just like yeah like i think it's exactly that but the lack of difference there's a lack of difference yeah but that's an, that's actually really cool because you think of what people do like like people when they get their jobs their families mm -hmm. they essentially have a routine going and um for long periods of time there aren't a lot of differences going on in their lives mm -hmm. And I think actually for a lot of these people, it feels like time is going slower or that the days are essentially molding together because there is a lack of difference within their days. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of people who experience this, who experience this repetition, essentially, they come to a certain point where they realize that this has been happening so often and so like just so many times yeah that they're almost just sick of it and yeah. they almost just want an escape out of it um yeah. like and i know this just because uh my cousin um he was he was uh doing something for scotia bank and he didn't like what he was doing and so he talked to a job counselor mm -hmm. and he told him that he just wanted to start a new career somewhere and something that was more hands-on. And the guy told him that, honestly, like, you're one of the younger people that come to me. He was around, like, 26, 27. Damn. Most people who come to me are around 40 to 50 years old, and they are just miserable. They realize that they essentially wasted 20 to 30 years of their lives doing something that they don't like, doing something that I assume was just repetition each day to the point where everything felt extremely long, but at the same time, everything went by so fast because it was just that lack of difference mm. in their day-to-day -day lives. 
It's a, it's a weird paradox. It's a weird paradox to say that everything went by slow, but at the same time, it went by really because really? I think, and I think uh, as as I as I was saying, I was like, damn, like I've heard from people that like you know your your twenties and your thirties, since they all seem the same, they go by super fast. Yeah. Um, but in the moment, that's where it feels like it's going slow because you're just not enjoying what you're not getting those like almost that adventure um mm -hmm. of, of 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 a new experience it's 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 definitely interesting and we're sure. showing that whole concept of duray it's <laughs> just just like i've never thought about it like that right like mm. but in the end we like imagine just sitting here and like looking for a wall that hour is going to feel way different from an hour watching like a, a half of a movie yeah but it's just because there's nothing new about the wall while in the movie like something's always changing yeah um and what do you think? Do you think it's better to have something that's always changing and stuff goes by really fast or if it's better to just, I think it's obviously better, right? Mm -hmm. Honestly, I think as long as you just live in the moment and appreciate what's going on before you, mm -hmm. what's going on ahead of you, you're not looking too far into the future in every moment. Right. You're not dwelling in the past in every moment. Then I think you can, achieve almost a level of satisfaction in whatever that in whatever you do because right. you're really giving you're really just present like you're really just being there present in any situation for example your mom comes in and you have like a test to study for but instead of focusing on the test you turn to her and give her all your attention then i think you can really become more satisfied with the even the, just the small actions that you do just mm -hmm. because you were fully yourself, you're fully invested in that moment mm -hmm. rather than focused on something else. And I think that right. some sort of satisfaction in, in time, I guess. <laughs> yeah, no, it's interesting. It's interesting. Mm -hmm. So um, I got to ask you, what, what, what are some of your favorite quotes aside from the ones we've already talked about? Cause we <laughs> just happened to touch on some of them. <laughs> I mean, it kind of shows. It kind of shows that these quotes have kind of shaped how we thought of the year, which is pretty cool. And it was. I, I'm still reading 1984, and bro, he literally says like some of the best books just bring up what you were already thinking, mm. and they just formalize it, right? Like they just put like you're thinking about it. You don't know how to articulate it, which there's so much emotions we don't know how to articulate. Mm -hmm. And then someone does it in a book. You're like, oh finally like that's so <laughs> useful you know what i mean and that, that's and so true that's, that's so true that's, it's kind of why some of these quotes have just come up in our conversation because they have kind of shaped how we view some of these key lessons mm -hmm. um but yeah hit, hit me with some of your favorite quotes yeah for sure there was one that um you actually kind of brought up earlier okay um so i'm just gonna try to read it as fast as i can because it's pretty long but this is how it goes. So this is from Marcus Aurelius's Meditations. Mm -hmm. So what is it in ourselves that we should prize? Not just transpiration, even plants do that, or respiration, even beasts and wild animals breathe, or being struck by passing thoughts, or jerked like a puppet by our own impulses, or moving in herds, or eating and relieving yourself afterwards. Then what is to be prized? An audience clapping? No. No more than the clacking of their tongues, which is all that public praise amounts to, a clacking of tongues. So we throw out other people's recognition, 
what's left for us to prize? I think it's this, to do and not to do what we were designed for. That's the goal of all trades, all arts, and what each of them aims at. That the thing they create should do what it was de designed to do. The nurseryman who cares for the vines, the horse trainer, the dog breeder, this is what they aim at. And teaching and education, what else are they trying to accomplish? So that's what we should prize. Hold on to that, and you won't be tempted to aim at anything else. And I think this is one of the more important parts of the quote. So, and if you can't stop prizing a lot of other things, then you'll never be free. Free, independent, imperturbable. Because you'll always be envious and jealous, afraid that people might come and take it all away from you, plotting against those who have them those things you prize. People who need those things are bound to be a mess and bound to take out their frustrations on the gods. Whereas to respect your own mind, to prize it, will leave you satisfied with your own self, well integrated into your community and in tune with the gods as well embracing what they allot you and what they ordain. So honestly, that quote really stuck out to me just because it really just put into perspective the mindset of so many people, which is to prize the things that other people prize, prize mm -hmm. almost material things, prize almost um, social constructs that we've created in society. And when we prize these things, we start to become envious. We start to become jealous of other people who have those things, who have obtained those things that you seek. And it's just so vain to do such a thing when mm -hmm. all you really need to do is focus on what's in front of you to cultivate your own mind and to really just embrace those little things and to think of those little things and to prize that. Mm -hmm. And then you'll achieve like almost inner peace. And I won't say inner happiness because happiness is more of an emotion, but inner mm -hmm. peace, just peace with what's around you and peace, peace with what is presented to you. Right. So it's, it's almost like you, like you think that some people design their life around a purpose that is really just guided by other people. And in yeah. that sense, you get jealous of the fact that other people have arrived at this purpose before you, when realistically, there's no need to be jealous for it because you have your own purpose. And there's really no point in being envious of the fact that someone else has reached it before you because you're going to eventually reach your own as long as you focus on your own, as long as you don't get misguided. And I think it's a lot easier to get misguided now with social media mm. um, because everyone's sharing almost their like accomplishments and stuff like that. And you're like, Oh, I'm behind or some shit or in the end, right? Like we're, we're not supposed to like reach achievements in our life that first of all are the same as other people mm -hmm. or at the same time as other people, right? Like some people may achieve their maximum happiness in high school, while other people are only gonna re really feel happy as soon as they retire and go live in like Bora Bora, right? Yep. And that's completely fine. And that's just kind of how your purpose uh, decides. It's, it's, it's definitely an interesting quote. And, mm -hmm. and it becomes, I think, uh, I think one part you mentioned was like the impulses, right? Like, yep. 
we we have so many impulses and it's something we touched on earlier right like you have so many impulses and there's only more impulses by looking at other people's impulses Mm-hmm. So if you just focus on, hey, what do I actually want before what I want because other people have it, mm-hmm. then you're able to kind of limit those impulses and focus on what's actually important. Like, mm-hmm. And honestly, I just, I love the way he like describes those impulses. He says, jerked like a puppet by yeah. your own impulses. I have definitely felt that before. I've definitely yeah. felt like it wasn't me making my decisions, but it was just mm-hmm. my impulses. That, right. I was just a medium for these impulses to take control. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, it, it's just amazing to see that like written out and put into that way because essentially that's what happens sometimes. Yeah. That's the impulse that we were talking about earlier, those desires that that's the reason why we have to suppress them at times. Just mm-hmm. because if you don't, then you run the risk of becoming run by them. Yeah. Becoming a puppet to yeah. them. Yeah. And yeah, That's and crazy. One of, no. yeah. Well, the one thing that I want to add to this, the yeah. one thing that I want to uh, um, just emphasize one more time is just the audience clapping. So he's like, then what is to be prized? He says, an audience clapping, no, no more than the clacking of their tongues, which is all that public praise amounts to a clacking of tongues. Yeah. And it's so true. It's so true. <laughs> if you ever live for the validation of others, that's all it is. <laughs> You're looking for the clack of your tongue. No, yeah, he 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 literate. He put makes it literal, right? Yeah. Um, no, it's uh, yeah, like, and also like the validation of others. It might provide a little bit of like momentary gain, but I doubt you're gonna go to bed and be like, oh, thank God this person approves of me. No, <laughs> you're not. You're you're gonna sit there and you're gonna be like, okay, so now what? Because that isn't long lasting. It's never gonna be long lasting. Someone's not gonna validate you every day for the same thing so are you just going to work towards a new thing each day in order for them to validate you that day yeah. right it's, it doesn't make any sense yeah. um and, and you can just find personal everybody. validation if you're working towards something gradually as we talked about earlier where you work on the little things and you eventually reach these grand accomplishments that don't require the validation of anyone else yeah um, that's going to be yeah no it's a great quote yeah <laughs> love that book yeah um, honestly and uh i i I think uh, one of my favorite ones, and this is from Seneca's uh, Letters of a Stoic. Let's hear it. says, and it's, it's a lot shorter. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Anything set before one, after one has had to fast, being greeted with a heightened appetite. So I think it's just a metaphor for something that I felt personally this year. Mm-hmm. Just like, yo, when I get together now with like any group of people, I'm like, this is dope. You know what I mean? This is awesome. Like, this is sick. Yeah. And you just become so much more grateful for it because we haven't had it these past seven months. But before, when you just go out, you'd be like, ah, it's another night going out. Mm -hmm. And this whole idea of being grateful for things has been put into perspective this year by the fact that we've been, like, had to, we've had to adapt so much to a new lifestyle and now we have this heightened appetite for going back to what we used to think was normal. Mm. And we're now just, we have to like not forget about this, right? Like we have to not forget how much we value what we consider average because what we consider average is actually the best possible thing that we could have possibly had at that moment. And that's why it's reality in my opinion. 
right? Like what, for example, like we were going to play men's league. I played men's league the year before, but we were going to play men's league this year. Yeah, I can't wait for men's league now. But, you know, it's just another year of men's league. Oh, it's going to be sick. Now it's like, yo, like men's league, all of us playing soccer together. What? You know what I mean? Like that's insane. That's and so- that's just, it's just that heightened appetite. Mm-hmm. I want to carry this forward. Like, throughout the rest of it as even though life is going to go eventually go back to the new normal it's not going to be the old normal it's going to be the new normal we got to remember how did i feel in 2020 when this was all taken away from me Mm -hmm. oh yeah that's how i felt let me be grateful let me wake up and remind myself that this Mm -hmm. is actually really special this isn't just some type of some it it isn't just some average thing no like this is great and average life is great and when it gets taken away when someone has to have fasted it right Mm -hmm. like we fasted normal life this year Mm -hmm. like damn like i didn't i didn't really appreciate it um and and it's i i just found i just found that to be a metaphor for so many things and i think there was this uh this bible story you told me about um where it was this like i'm gonna paraphrase it and i'm gonna try not to butcher it i hope (laughs) And it was about this guy who worked as his, at his dad's business. And he was like, you know what? I'm sick of not being the boss. I'm sick of having my dad as my boss. I'm going to go find my own thing. And he goes on in his own like journey and he goes through it. He suffers. He like is homeless in other cities. He can't find a job. He's eating off scraps, everything like that. Eventually he ends up back at his own town working under his father and he loves it. And the reason he loves it is because now he appreciates it. Now he notices the value of having consistent, a consistent job, of having a consistent food source in front of you. Mm-hmm. And it's only because he went out and understood suffering in the first place that he was able to appreciate the greatness of what you currently, of what he currently had. And I think we're all gonna have that sentiment in the new normal for the first little bit, little bit. Yeah. But some people are gonna lose it right away. And yeah. I'm going to really try and hold on to it instead of just being like, well, that's it, right? Like we're back to the new normal. This is the average now. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming you're going to do that by just reminding yourself. Yeah. Whenever you can of what you right. experience during these times. Right. I'm just going to be like, dude, like just, I mean, I, I, I told you about this, but you know, I had that COVID scare at the very end of the year, <laughs> right? Like I was like, you know what I mean? I might have COVID. Like, yeah. God damn. I tested negative. We're good now. But I thought I was grateful about so much stuff until that hits. And I'm like, yo, I'm not even grateful for like my parents' health right now. You know what I mean? But I I was taking that for granted by going out and, you know, seeing friends to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously there has to be a balance, but I was technically taking it for granted, even though I felt grateful. And now I'm just grateful for having my parents in good health, which was never something I like reminded myself of. Right. Um, so it's, it's, it's just these, these, these fasts um, that he, like as Seneca mentions that after something is set before you, after that fast, you're going to greet it with a heightened appetite. Um, I think it's definitely one of the, one of the things that I take. And, and I've heard it from other people. I've, I remember being at, um, you know, just like one of the, like one, like this, like social thing. And, and he was just like, dude, like, 
I just appreciate like seeing anyone now. And I'm just like, dude, like I've heard that from other people too. Like, let's just not forget this. Let's not forget how much we like being with friends and how much we like meeting new people. Like even how much we appreciate just meeting strangers um, without the fear of COVID is like something I'm never going to forget for sure. Um, And it's something that Seneca was thinking about two fucking thousand years ago. Of course he was. <laughs> no, that's so true. That's honestly such an amazing thing too. Just the fact that all of these people that we have taken so much value from have thought about this so long ago. So long. Yeah. Like insane. And that's how rooted some of these things are in human nature. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. honestly pretty reassuring as well. Yeah. All right. So hit me with some of your uh, your goals next year. I'll, I mean, I, I'm actually I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit you with one of mine first, and this yeah. is my big one. I want to stop trying, like, I, I've had a lot of debates this year. I think mm-hmm. I've had, I think we've all kind of seen the political polarization that's happened. Right. And I think one thing that I got stuck up in is that polarization of trying to prove yourself right instead of trying to arrive at truth. Instead of just trying to get your message across as the true one, yeah. work with the person on the other side to understand their perspective and see if you get a better idea of what is best. Mm -hmm. Um, That's just something that it's very difficult because people are going to disagree with you and you're going to be like, what the fuck? Yeah. I thought I was right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's an ego thing. You want to be right. You want everyone else to be wrong and you to be right. But that's not the case. Sit down, think about what they're saying, accept these new perspectives and see if they build upon your own. Yeah. instead of just trying to prove yourself right i think that's definitely one thing that i need work i need to work on and i hope i can uh, kind of improve on this coming year. no that's an amazing goal man and honestly like i think we should all work on that to an extent mm-hmm. it's just once again rooted in human nature it's just want to be right. right like right um just when you have something that you've put thought into and something completely like a, dif- a completely different opinion comes Mm-hmm. what are you going to do? Like, it's just, you want to, yeah, reject it. You want to reject it because you've already put in thought. You already thought you arrived at truth. But then a lot of the times, like those opinions, maybe if they're not true, they still have value in them. Mm-hmm. And that's actually really important. That's, I actually yeah. love that. That's a yeah. great point. And honestly, like my goal, like the one that I'm going to mention to you right now, at least is, uh, very similar but it's, okay. it's it's around the same topic but it's almost the opposite i actually want to become more assertive in arguments and debates or just in rant, like normal conversations and what i mean by assertive is just i want to be able to work on my ability to call out things that are wrong okay honestly one of my flaws i'd say is that like this is a virtue and a flaw, I guess, or yeah, what, like, yeah, I guess a virtue and a flaw, which is I'm very agreeable. Okay. And oftentimes when I'm talking to people and they'll say something that I know is wrong, I will just accept it. You won't point it out. I okay. won't point it out. I won't point you're it non, out. You're non-confrontational. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Non-confrontational. And this is honestly something that I really want to work on because sometimes when I'm just having conversations. Um, they'll say something that's completely wrong. Just whether it's like a fact 
or like maybe it's a perspective that's up for debate uh-huh. um, and I won't say anything and then I'll see that person again maybe a couple times and then they mention this a couple more times to me to the point where they think I agree uh, but I, I don't see. and I don't agree and I want to be able to mm. share my point of view more often mm. and share my point of view not for the purpose of proving myself right but for the purpose of just showing truth and what what i believe is truth at least and to at least just challenge something that's against what i believe right Um, obviously there is a time and place to do such a thing but it happens far too often for me at least where it's just i can do it but i choose not to almost for the sake of my own reputation Mm. and for the sake of not causing any conflict which is like there's you, and in the end you know your reputation isn't what you should prioritize as we've talked about it's just exactly. the clack you know other people's not i see what you're saying yeah yeah no it's it's definitely interesting i um i think i'm just on the other extreme to the point where i need to like moderate it a bit but it sounds like you're on that extreme and we both just need to find that balance um instead of just being on the extreme but yeah. I mean, knowing you personally, you definitely are agreeable. I could see how that would come up. And I think you knowing me personally, you would know how confrontational I can sometimes be and how that could be an issue. So it's, uh, it's interesting that we kind of have those, um, those aspects. We could probably teach each other something. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But uh, no, yeah, other than that, I was, I was trying to think of other goals. Mm-hmm. But I just don't even know what to expect at this point from the next coming year. And it was one of the, it was, it's another quote I want to bring up. Like, I don't know if this was Marcus Aurelius, but it's just something that stuck with me. I don't know where I read it. Yeah. And it's just the idea of like, think about how much stuff has changed in these past, in this past period of time, whatever, X period of time, three months, six months, eight months, two years. Can you imagine how much that stuff is going to change in these next two years? or these next X period of time, like what, like we have no clue what's coming. There's so much uncertainty yeah. around this whole next year and everything in general that mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of crazy to imagine it. Like I, I, I look at who I was two years ago and my priorities are completely different from where they are today. And so maybe the priorities I'm setting for myself right now are going to be completely different from what my real priorities are going to be two years from now. Okay. Um, so one of my goals for this coming year is to not have that strict of goals, if that makes sense. Nice. I'm not trying to have this create, like I used to like literally for my LSAT, I had a, ske- a daily routine that put out the eight hours of the day I would study between and the days where the hours I would take a break, the hours where I would eat and stuff like that. And I was like, damn, like that is good because I was super productive. Yeah. But it's only good because I was working toward one single goal. Mm-hmm. And that goal was super important for sure. But I was only working towards that one single goal. And in the end, in life, you're going to want to advance your career, but you're also going to work on work on improving your family life. And you, if you get stuck in one or the other, mm-hmm. you don't have that work life balance. Yeah. And you're not going to have that piece that we, we both know is so that inner piece that is so important. Yeah. Um, so I think, not having regimented goals, but having goals that gradually develop as things you can't control arise mm-hmm. and change the atmosphere you're currently living in. 
I think that's one of these lessons I really want to take into consideration. Yeah, sure. I'll plan the next, I'll plan what I want to get done the next day, but I'm not going to plan exactly what my goal is for tomorrow because my goal may change on what happens tomorrow. Yeah. And, and that's just something that I, I, I kind of, it's, it's a very abstract goal <laughs> to have less <laughs> retrovented goals, yeah, but yeah. it's something I noticed this year that I was like, okay, it works. It works, but I'm never going to focus on one single thing ever again, mm-hmm. uh, like the LSAT. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. it's weird. That's a great goal, man. Like, seriously. Like, you realize where you're at, and mm-hmm. you've honestly taken the right steps to, like, just fix this problem almost. And yeah. most people wouldn't see that as a problem, you know? Yeah. And good that you did. And, like, yeah. honestly, like, I tried the same thing, actually. I actually... Yeah like a an hour by hour by hour schedule like throughout the it just doesn't work out like for me it doesn't work (laughs) like for me it doesn't doesn't work though because you have different classes and you also want to spend time with your family you're at home i was in lockdown focusing on the single thing of the lsat right like that's kind of why i think it worked Mm -hmm. um but it it made me realize yo this only works for these types of scenarios it's not going to work like people that have daily planners, yeah, it's good to have what you're gonna do the next day. Yeah. But don't have them like strict no matter what. Because in the end, something's gonna come, something could come up one day. And sticking to those regimented goals may actually have more harm than benefit for you if yeah. you're just that strict with your schedule. Um, yeah, that's so true, actually. And like I definitely experienced that like during the semester because mm-hmm when I did have that schedule, that was hour by hour. Um, oftentimes, like, for example, my little sister would come in and she would just want to talk for like, who knows, like five minutes or something. But I would just be like, no, like I can't talk right now. I have to like right. get this done. I have to like, like my schedule says I have this hour for this studying. Mm-hmm. I can't have anything else. Like, and then after like, as time went on, I just realized that I was really just pushing away some of the more important things some right. of the things that would just come up randomly um, for a schedule that wasn't that important, you know, like I could have got those things done just by having like a to-do list of random things to do like throughout the day when you can do them. Mm-hmm. But when life presents certain things that you can't avoid, you shouldn't just reject them. You should try to accept them. Like, especially when it's something. You should embrace them. You should embrace yeah, them. Exactly. You should embrace them especially when it's something as important as family mm-hmm. and even like just random situations. Like you could be, for example, if you had like gym as part of your schedule and you're driving and you get into a car crash, what do you do? You, you can't follow your schedule mm-hmm. and you have to realize that, that the schedule that's hour by hour can change just because life is random at times. Yeah. And so, yeah, you just, you, you can't do that. You can't. But, yeah, you can't. Yeah. The one thing that like the hour by hour schedule did teach me was that um, when you are working, you have to work at a hundred percent. Yeah. To, to essentially free up time for those other important things to free mm-hmm. up time for whatever else life puts in your path. And there's, I swear there's always something. I don't know if it's just because I have a big family, but there's always something that presents itself mm-hmm. or that you can do with the time that you free up after you work very hard in the time that 
and you set aside for working. Right. And that's, no, yeah, you can, you can stretch. Like I, I've always, I've always been a last minute type person. Yeah. Um, so yeah. like if I have an assignment, it's due on the Friday, right? Like I'm gonna hand it in at Friday. Like I, I, I never hand stuff in early. I've noticed. Um, and for me, I always used to kind of like stretch out the tasks almost. And as I came to realize that stretching out the tasks don't necessarily, doesn't necessarily lead to a, a better quality. Um, but just like, instead of, instead of stretching out, like for example, working on three things each day, mm-hmm. I find it personally better to focus solely on something. Uh, for example, if I'm studying for like a history exam in the morning and a math exam in, in, in the afternoon, then I will strictly spend history in the morning and math in the afternoon as a way to get into the habit of doing that and be fully focused on that in that day for instead of for example uh you know doing a whole day of history and a whole day of math where realistically by the end of it you're going to be sick of math by the by 6 p.m even though you could work for two more hours you don't want to do another two hours of math but then by splitting it up a little bit you get that hundred percent focus of four hours of math okay i'm gonna take a break hundred percent focus on history now in the afternoon and you get into the habit of having that balance um and it's just it's, it's something that if you don't do, if you're not in the present while you're doing these tasks, it's very difficult to go on at 100% and get into that state of flow. And this year, I've been able to get to that state of flow when I'm working mm-hmm. by just being like, you know what, if I go, if I give my 100% right now, I'm gonna have two extra hours of break at the end of the day that I can do whatever I want with. Yeah. Um, and it's a lot harder to go 100% if you just work, if you like segment your life like that, instead of giving yourself some different tasks uh, mm-hmm. during the course of the day and giving yourself some diversification. Yeah. I think the best describes that like is um, just the work hard, but also work efficiently. Right. Honestly, you've done amazingly this past semester. Right. Year almost with an Ivy. And mm-hmm. that is something that I really want to work on, which is actually, this is my goal yeah, that I was okay. going to mention at the start of the <laughs> nice, like, okay. Yeah, like talk. Segue. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I just want to be, I want to be able to have more self-control, mm-hmm. more self-discipline and more consistency. So okay, before you go on, what holds you back from it, from that? Procrastination. Procrastination okay. and honestly bad scheduling at times. Okay. I just, yeah, I'd say it's more like, sometimes when I'm scheduling, I don't realize how long certain things take. And I think it's just a matter of uh, giving it more thought and actually being real with it rather than just saying, Oh, I can do that quickly. I can do that quickly. But really like, um, yeah, just thinking about it more often. Right. Um, But at the end of the day, self-discipline and consistency are the two things that I want to really work on in 2021. I did see huge improvements by the end of 2020. Um, thanks to the semester, to be honest, like the semester that was just completely remote. Everything was up to you. Every, all the scheduling, everything. Mm-hmm. I didn't even yeah. have um, lectures that were at certain times. They, all the lectures were given to us and we had to schedule them on our own, at least at my university. But um, by the end of the semester, I really figured out a routine that started working for me. But even that routine, I couldn't stick to 100%. Right. Or even 
80% at times. And I do want to be able to stick to certain things that I plan out with more consistency and with more, and that comes from the self-discipline that I will be working on. No, it's definitely, it's, it's interesting. Um, I, I'd say that to a certain extent, mm-hmm. the way, the, the, one of the reasons I've been able to kind of reach a, a level of productivity that is, was like really high was because I was forced to, to mm-hmm. a certain extent, right? Like I felt like this goal forced me to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still kind of have that goal of the dual degree, which pushes me towards um, it in a certain way. But being able to control yourself just seems like something that is so important because over time, we're going to end up in a working job where you're going to get money and you get to choose what you do with that money. Yeah. And people yeah. have self-control. They do what the with their money uh, in smart ways. They might invest it. They might buy a house, right? They might, whatever, use, use money in an intelligent way. While people that don't have self-control are going to see that money and they're going to be like, Oh my God, think about all the possibilities that you can do with this and it's going to be gone. And we both know the power of compounding and the power of growing your wealth over a period of time if you're able to save efficiently and that's self, and, and, and how important growing your wealth over time realistically is for setting yourself up or for setting your family up for freedom, right? Like in the end, the world we live in is financial, f- financial freedom can give you quite a lot. There's a certain extent to which wealth doesn't re- uh, provide mm-hmm. happiness and that's proven but you need to make it to that point first where you don't have to worry about the essentials, where you don't have to worry about uh, lack of quality of life mm-hmm. because you have financial freedom and that comes through self-control. So it's not just something that is important for school. It's something that's important for what's most important in life, which is getting freedom, like in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why it's such, I, I think that's a great goal and it's something that's going to carry forward if you're able to do it into potentially one of the most important aspects of life yeah dude 100 percent. honestly when you put it that way like it just shows that like the little things that we're working on now mm-hmm. will have like lasting impacts right whatever we do yeah that's no, why for sure. i see this as so beneficial really just for, yeah. for that reason all these things will stick with us yeah man no for sure mm-hmm. um it's it's it is interesting i um i'm trying to think what else like right like i i've i've come to it like i don't necessarily think that there's that many goals i can develop and i i I touched on this before but our goals are going to be shaped by the hardships we face because Mm -hmm. once you make those mistakes you realize what you need to work on Um, and so one thing that I'm not going to let get me in 2021, which kind of, I did let get me in in 2020 Mm -hmm. is getting stuck, getting irritated by the fact that things weren't necessarily going well around us. Like I thought COVID was going to end earlier than I did. I got irritated that it didn't end so early. Like this is my prime. Like this sucks. Mm -hmm. I'm even getting to meet the people that I'm supposed to meet at school in person. Like, Mm-hmm. this sucks and I came to notice like yo like 
you're only making it worse by making yourself feel bad about it. Um, and this is another quote that I was going to bring up is nothing is burdensome if taken lightly and how nothing and not, how nothing needs to arouse one's irritation so long as one doesn't make it bigger than it is by getting irritated. That's also from Seneca. It's, it's true. Yeah. Right? Like, okay. We can't see why Like, I can't tell you how online is better than in-person school. I don't think it is, right? In some way, it must be better. I personally believe in some kind of fate and some kind of plan um, that, that, that this is supposed to guide us towards. And so I'm taking it lightly. I'm gonna say, you know what? Sure, it's a burden, mm -hmm. but it could be worse. I could not be in school. I could be in person and have gotten sick. Mm -hmm. That'd be terrible. Yeah. And so once I started to feel grateful for the fact that it could be worse and started to feel less irritated about it, you just start to really like get away from that, that whole aspect. And going forward, I need to stop letting these uncertainties that you just can't control irritate me because it only get, as he says, you don't, you only make it bigger by getting irritated. Um, yeah. And it's a very difficult thing. That's a very difficult thing to aspire to, but it's, it's something that I think I, I like, right. I, I meditate every morning and it's one of the things I meditate on the most is the fact that, Hey, like if this wasn't meant to be, it wouldn't have happened. Mm -hmm. This wasn't part of a plan. It wouldn't have happened. And that gives me at least peace of mind that what's what what has happened and what's going to happen that's i'm not necessarily going to see as valuable in the moment mm -hmm. is going to be valuable and I, I'll, I'll tie it back to probably the biggest lesson i got from that this year was mm -hmm. i had that one course um that put me above the 80 i overloaded in second semester this is exactly like this is what i needed to do I got a 95 into in it going into the exam let's fucking go I'm gonna get the 80 I'm gonna pull this off pass fail what what do you mean I'm at a 78.8 now I'm not gonna get in yeah but I gotta focus on my LSAT I got it right like it's it's not like I can just sit here and do nothing I can't just sulk about it right yeah um, you had to move on and I did I, and I had to move on and I got in anyways and then I it was only after that I was like, yo, this was our part of the plan. And I'll tell you why I had to learn to focus on something yeah. while something that wasn't in, in control. And I considered very important was in the air. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to do that going forward too, right? Like there's going to be like a family member. That's maybe not that healthy. That's out of my control, but I might have, a very important work task at that very moment. And if I just put aside that work task mm -hmm. and only sulk about, for example, the family member, mm -hmm. then you're just going to double burden yourself. Yeah. And in that way, by having that course pass failed, I had to learn that lesson instead of just knowing I was going to get in. Mm -hmm. I couldn't see that at the moment. At the moment, it was terrible. It sucks. But in the end, it ended up being a lesson that was actually very beneficial and I'll carry forward in the rest of my life. Yeah. Yeah. And it's one of those things. It's, it, it's stuff like that that makes me believe that things are 
you know, according to a plan and have some kind of uh, perspective to it. No, I definitely agree with you on that. I think it's important to like emphasize there um, the fact that we have this ability mm-hmm. to prevent ourselves from becoming irritated. Right. We have this ability, but right. honestly, this is one thing that I think we both had to learn through the past couple of months. Mm-hmm. The thing that Marcus Aurelius brings up a lot, really, and the quote that um, Seneca just brought up, so yeah, Seneca just brought up as well. It's just that you have this power. Just mm-hmm. because something has been irritating to you um, almost your whole life doesn't mean that you don't have a decision as to whether to become irritated or not. Right. We, can, we actually have the power in our mind to prevent ourselves from becoming irritated. To look at the bright side. Yes, exactly. Right. And that's just such an amazing thing that I think is so overlooked by society because oftentimes we just love to go out of our way to complain about everything that's happening, everything that's out of our control. It's like the universe is against me, but you have the power to change that mindset Mm -hmm. to not become irritated. Yeah. And I think someone put it really well in, uh, in this book I read, it was, you can fully separate the stimulus and the perspective Mm. and the stimulus is the actual event. And the perspective is how you see that event. Nice. And that is the definition that for me has stuck out and it's just able to really clearly put in. Like that stimulus was that pass fail occurrence mm-hmm. and the perspective ended up being that perspective that this was just a setback that taught me a lesson that I'll be able to carry forward. Yeah. But the perspective could have just been this sucks because mm-hmm. my average is now lower, which is natural. That was obvious, right? Like my average is now not above the benchmark. That yeah. should be that allocates well to this is bad but it was only with that change of perspective that i was able to see it as a lesson and if i hadn't been able to see it a lesson i may not have got any value going forward from that from that stimulus mm-hmm. i like that because uh you're saying that like this event allocates to it not being a good occurrence right right but what allocates it i think is um almost like we talked about earlier the popular belief right this popular belief that people have about things like mm-hmm. for example like when it's raining outside everyone's like oh like it's, it's a bad day outside it's raining but one thing that my mom always told me was that the rain is beautiful it's like amazing when you get to see it like for what it is like taking water just pours down from the sky like what <laughs> that's a, that's right, really right, cool right and it makes the plants look even nicer yeah it makes the plants look nicer <laughs> Farmers absolutely adore the rain. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I see what you're saying, yeah. And it's just like, like society sometimes assigns um, perspectives to the stimuli. Right. And this is where the original thought comes in again. Right. You right. have the power to see this a different way. Mm-hmm. And once you do that, I think you can really find a lot of positives and a lot of for sure. Different things that society perceives as bad. Right. No, that's dope. I think I think you just connected like most of the big points of the whole <laughs> conversation there. I think uh, I think realistically we're at like an hour and twenty minutes. <laughs> we should probably cap it. I think uh, that is probably the best way you could have ended it off. Um, <laughs> if anyone's listening, we appreciate you guys listening. This is the first one. If you have any feedback, let us know. It was great talking to you, Nick. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk again next week. 
about whatever comes up uh, these, this, this next week. It's going to be an interesting, uh, interesting year, a new year, um, a new me. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's going to be the same me. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. Yeah, 100%, dude. It was great talking to you as well. And honestly, I'm so excited for the year that's Bro, it's going to be dope. Yeah, so excited for the dope. next podcast as well. For sure. And shout out to that one listener. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Hey. Yeah. Easy. All right. See ya.